0: Are you indwelt by the spirit or are you filled with the spirit? Because there is a difference. Everyone that is saved is indwelt by the spirit. So that's not a denominational thing. Anybody that is called upon the name of the Lord and salvation, you are indwelt by the Holy spirit. Now, many years ago, uh, people thought that I'm, they were saved and then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. No, you are you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit at salvation. He is the agent of God on the, the Holy Spirit is the agent of God on this earth and that everything that is done, he's the one that awakened you, he's the one that opens your eyes, he's the one that fills you with joy and grace. When we invite Jesus Christ into our heart, we're accepting Jesus, we're making a decision to follow Jesus, but that supernatural exuberance that comes comes from that prayer and from that decision is from the holy spirit who is the agent of god on the earth. The bible says you can't even come to god unless the holy spirit draws you. So the very fact that you wanted to be saved means the holy spirit was working on you even at that time. So When you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, it awakens your soul. Your mind is awakened. Your will is is awakened. Your, Your emotions are awakened. That's why you feel saved. When you get saved, you actually feel different on the inside because your emotions have been awakened supernaturally. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that's different because indwelt by the Holy Spirit means the Lord is in me. Filled with the Holy Spirit means the Lord is flowing out of me. So the whole experience of, of being filled with the Holy Ghost is not so I can speak in tongues or I can pray big prayers or I can, I, can re, I can worship better. No, those are byproducts of that. But the truth is the Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can be the light of the world. Notice what happened the day of Pentecost. They spoke in tongues for a few minutes in the upper room. Then what happened? They went to the streets and 3,000 people got saved. And then five days later, a few days later, 5,000 more people got saved. The very first week of 120 people being filled with the Holy Spirit, 8,000 people got saved. So the the Holy Spirit in us is something that is supposed to be flowing out of us. And what happens to a lot of people is they get get filled with the Holy Spirit and then they keep it all to themselves. And, And they don't realize when they're running out of oil and and I don't want to. I'm going to dwell with this later on in the message. But one of the things that happens to people is they still try to do spiritual things when they're empty. And they they try. They, there's not enough oil in there to do what they're trying to do. And so they, it ends up getting a little ugly. You know, they force people, they push people, they, they get louder and pray harder thinking that's gonna, listen, you, if you pray loud and hard, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with praying loud and hard. And some people, that's just the way they pray. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But praying louder and harder doesn't make anything more spiritual. You can pray quiet with a tear in your eye and lay your hand on the sick and they can recover. You can say, Little girl, get up like Jesus did and and raise the dead. You could say, "Go to a demon you don 't have to shake him on the floor. you could say, Go to a demon we had, we had we don 't advertise these things, but we had that happen in the service tonight. the campus choir was here. they came and got me because we had someone that was manifesting, and they came and got me, and everybody these these young kids and everybody around they were trying to you know pushed the demon out a little bit and I said, let's let's try something different. And I just spoke to the demon, told him to go and he left just like that and the boy was set free. And my point is not that I'm more powerful than anybody else, that's not my point at all. My point is that spirituality doesn't have to be demonstrated if you're walking in authority. You can demonstrate it, but the authority is what makes it happen, not the demonstration of the authority that makes it happen. So, So the problem is a lot of people try to do super natural things or spiritual things when they're not full of the holy spirit they think because they were filled with the holy spirit at one time and they've got a prayer language that means they can do everything else that other spiritual people are doing and that's not always the case so we're going to talk tonight about people that are losing their oil or they're low on oil and they're still trying to do spiritual things and it gets very theatrical when you do that all right so so let's look at the second question if you had a met- metaphorical gas gauge on you that measured how full of the spirit you are, what would it measure? Now, you're the only one that can answer that and you have to answer that to yourself. Are you, would you say, if I could look at the gas gauge of my spirit, am I quarter tank full? Am I almost empty? Am I empty? Uh, do, am I half full right now? Well, how can I measure that? Well, your joy, your peace, your passion, your fire, all of that measures that. So if, if I don't have much joy and I don't have any peace and I don't have any fire and I really don't care one thing about praying for other people or witnessing other people, my guess is that gas gauge is pretty low, maybe empty. And so we have to we have to address this issue in the body of Christ because we have a divine design that is built to keep. Us spiritually active if we stay spiritually full. So you're the only one that can answer that question. Now, I, I came from the old school. Obviously, I pulled out Victory in Jesus Tonight, and the young guys didn't know the song. So, so, but I noticed a lot of people were singing, so some of you came from that camp, too. How many of you knew Victory in Jesus song? All right. Wow. How many of you have never heard it before, and this was your first time? Several people in the room as well. That, that's not a song you sang growing up. Well, um, in the old school, if you came from the Pentecostal Uh, genre, the Pentecostal stream of the old school. You've heard this before. When they'd get up to testify, Kathy, they would say, I'm saved. See, you could finish it right there. I didn't even have to tell you the rest. So for those of you that couldn't hear her, especially online, they would say, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And sometimes they would say, and on my way to heaven, they'd put that in there as well. And that was how they started every testimony. Now, most of the churches then had a testimony segment in the service where people could stand up and testify. And almost all the old saints started out that way. But one of the things I've learned through the years because, you know, I I heard Jay Boyd the other night when he was preaching here say, I remember him saying that the old school couldn't explain it, but they had it. They didn't always know what they had and how they had it, but they had it. They had the power of God operating in their life, even though their theology couldn't really defend it, they just knew the power of God was operating in their life. So I learned later on in my life that yes, I can say I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, but I have to say it differently now. This is what I have to say. I'm saved and I'm sanctified and sanctified and sanctified and sanctified and today he sanctifies me and tomorrow he sanctifies me. What is sanctification? It's the washing of the water of the word. Anybody need to be sanctified again? Is there anybody that's only been sanctified one time? I don't know anyone like that. You'll be my new hero. If you've only been sanctified one time and you've never needed it again, please tell me your secret because I'm not there. He has to keep cleaning me up and cleansing me and purifying my thoughts and purifying my mind. So I have to now say I'm saved, sanctified, 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 and I can't stop when I say and fill with the Holy Ghost. Now this is what it sounds like to me. I'm on my way to heaven, but I have to say I'm saved and I'm sanctified and I'm sanctified and I'm sanctified and I'm sanctified and I'm filled and I'm filled and I'm filled and I'm filled and I'm refilled and I'm continually filled with the Holy Ghost. Because what happens to people that have this one-time mindset This one time I got saved, I got sanctified, I spoke in tongues, so I'm full of the Holy Ghost. A lot of times it's how they think and they don't realize that that is the reason a lot of times they can't move forward in their faith is because they need to keep their reservoir full of the oil. The oil is draining. The oil is getting lower. So salvation awakens my soul, but spirit and feeling awakens my spirit, man. And what does that look like when I get filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, yes, you you get a prayer language that's just one little small part of it, just a tiny small part of it. You get spiritual gifts to get activated in your life. You're supposed to start working in Faith and discernment and healing and miracles and generosity and all the gifts that have been given to the body. You're supposed to start operating in one of those gifts: hospitality, administration. I mean, we, we sometimes we read the one list of the eight gifts, but there's another list too in Romans that you got to add that one to it because there's lots of gifts of the Spirit, and it's not it's not supposed to be an all inclusive list. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent and omnipotent and omniscient. He can give you any gift you need. Any time you need it so we're supposed to operate in that way so praying in the Holy Ghost a lot of times some people use it as a, like a weapon in their life that they, they, they think that I can pray in the Holy Ghost so that's how I pray that's how I fight and and they stay in that battle mode all the time but the truth is praying in the Holy Spirit is not really about battling it can be a battle tool it can be it can be something that that the lord uses in your battle when you don't know how to pray the bible says when you do not know how to pray the holy spirit prays for you with groanings that cannot be uttered so it can be a tool but the other side of that is that it's about relationship so the main purpose of you praying in the holy spirit is for revelation that's the main purpose God is supposed to be talking to you and revealing things to you and showing you things in his word, showing you things in your life, convicting us. There is a word we don't hear a lot anymore. Anybody still get convicted? I know I do. Anybody that doesn't get convicted, please stand up, because I want to meet you too. No one sit up, so I'm guessing everyone still gets convicted. That's a part of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life who convicts me and directs me and gives me marching orders and moves me in certain directions in my life. So that's what being spirit-filled is about. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at BrianCutshaw.com, or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. So a lot of times we, we talk about the metaphor of being filled with the Holy Spirit like it's water. And that's a good metaphor because the Bible says that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water and that you have a spring, a well inside of you that is springing up. So water is a great metaphor for the Holy Spirit. But I, I surmise you that there's more going on than just water. Also, there's the oil of the spirit. Now, anybody that grew up on a farm a few years ago, and uh, you know, years ago, 80% of America lived on a farm 20% 20% of America lived in the cities. Nowadays, 80% of America lives in the cities and 20% of the people live on farms. It's it's switched. But for those of you that grew up on a farm, you've probably used a pump before to pump water up from the ground. Anybody use those old crank pumps? My grandparents had one on their back porch, and that's how they got water, and we carried in a bucket in the house. So there was no tap water where they lived anyway out on that farm. And so sometimes you would go to the pump and it would not work. And there was two things you had to do. If the pump was squeaky, you had to put oil in it. And if the pump was dry, you had to put water in it because that was what they called. what was the term for that? Priming the pump, there you go, thank you. So it's, it's been a while for me, okay? I, and I like the tap water, I don't wanna go back. I'm just being honest with you. But, but, um, but you would have to prime the pump either with water or oil. And it's the same way in our spirit, man. If we want the water to flow, sometimes that's why the Apostle Paul used language like, stir up the gifts that are inside of you. So sometimes if we're not getting the flow of the Holy Spirit the way we want, we have to prime that pump. How do I do that? By the water and by the oil. So tonight we're going to focus primarily on the symbol of the oil and the Holy Spirit. Now, um, oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, and that's one of the things that we have to understand how that works in order for us to... to, uh, stay full of the oil. So I wanna read to you something out of Exodus and then I wanna demonstrate it with this grand menorah here that I borrowed from VOE today. Uh, In Exodus chapter 27, listen to this. And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light and cause the lamp to burn continually in the tabernacle of meeting outside the veil, which is before the the testimony. Aaron and his son shall tend to it evening and morning before the Lord, and this shall be a statute forever for the generations on behalf of Israel. So what happened in this menorah is that this menorah would, would empty out the oil. Now I'm not gonna set this on fire today, but the oil, once it runs out, the menorah can no longer burn, so the Levites job was to keep the lamp full of oil. Now we'll talk about this at the end of the sermon real quickly, so it's gonna be kind of a hit and run. But you have to understand that this whole approach to God, there's a mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. The outside, the outer court is a brazen altar that represents your salvation. That's where the lambs were laid. That's where the sacrifice was given. That's where the blood was shed. That represents the cross of Jesus Christ. It was a foreshadow of that. So that's your salvation. The next thing is the laver. That represents your sanctification. What is sanctification? You are sanctified by the washing of the water of the word. And then it was made out of mirrors. So you look into the word and the word cleanses you and reveals things in your life. See, one of the things about being really spiritual is that you can see the log in your own eye better than you can see the, 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 the splinter in someone else's eye. If you only see the splinter in other people's eyes and you never see the log in your own eye, guess what? You may not be as full of oil as you think. That's actually can get into judgmentalism. So you gotta be real careful with that because we the, the whole purpose of sanctification is to, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Show me what I need to do. Show me myself in the word. So that's what that's for. So then you, you have the labor, which is the which is actually sanctification. Then you come into the inner court and you have the table of shoebread, which is the word of God. The bread of God, the, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, which is this, and a light to my path. But then also the bread of life is the word of God, which which refers to the word. So you've got the table of shoebread. Then you've got the altar of incense which represents prayer and then you have this menorah so what's the purpose of this the purpose of the menorah in that holy room is to light up the room you cannot see the bread until you light the menorah you cannot see the prayer altar until you light the menorah the first thing that has to happen is the menorah has to be lit and can I tell you something when you get empty on oil the bible doesn't make nearly as much sense to you as it used to When you have a hard time understanding the Bible, you've gotta raise the level of oil because this light is the only way you can understand the Bible. This light is the only way that you can pray. Now you can pray your list all day long, but if you wanna pray what the Spirit is asking you to pray, I added three things to my prayer list this morning, because in my prayer time, the Holy Spirit said, now I want you to start praying for this, this, and this. And he told me three new things to add to my prayer list, which were not on my list because I lit the lamp first. So the Holy Spirit directs what's going on in this room, but here's what I want you to see. This oil has to stay full. So this passage I just read you in Exodus is about filling up the lamp over and over. Take the pressed oil and keeping it full. So if I'm operating here, I'm about to get smoky. If I'm operating here, my light is getting dim, and after a while it will eventually go out if I don't keep it full. So you and I are that menorah. You and I are, I don't have time to preach this, but you've heard me preach it before because when they made the menorah, it was an interesting thing that this is one piece of gold completely hammered out of, out of one solid piece of gold. It could not have parts that fit together. It all had to be hammered out of gold, which is in itself an, an incredible thing. But at the very top, so they're in a, we're in a golden room. We have pure olive oil that no man's hands have touched. So everything in this room is is completely pure, fresh baked bread every day, which tells you about your Bible reading, right? And then prayer, the altar of incense twice a day. So that's at least morning and evening prayer is what he's talking about there. But here, when he gets to this little wick here, Moses says to the Lord, listen, everything in this room is holy. Everything is golden. How do we light the candle? You know what he said? Oh, just twist up an old filthy rag and throw it in there and set it on fire. And, and when I first read that the first time, I thought, what? Not in this room. This is a holy room. And God says, no, just, it don't matter what you put in there. Just take an old filthy rag, twist it up, and set it on fire. And I realized that he did that for us. He did that because our righteousness is as filthy rags. And we would say, I cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit because I'm not good enough. We would say, that. We would say until I get this, I, the Holy Spirit can't use me because I'm in imper- The Holy Spirit can't fill me because I'm imperfect. the Lord said no. You will always be a filthy rag. I don't care what you do to yourself. Polish it, clean it, clip it, whatever you want to do. You're always going to be a filthy rag. But what you don't know is I'm going to dip you in the oil of the Holy Spirit and I'm going to set you on fire. And when I set you on fire, it will pull the oil up through the rag and set it on fire. You are a burning ember for the Lord. So this, this menorah is us. It's you and I. And when he sets it on fire, what happens is when we get the fire of the Holy Ghost in our life, that's why you can't lose your passion. That's why you can't ever lose your passion for worship and witnessing and all those things. When you start losing your fire, you stop drawing the oil up. You have to pull it up, you have, to, you have to draw it up. I don't have time to preach this, but can you take one more hit and run? I've got more to say. But when the miracle of the water being turned into wine is that in the mirror, it was also a type and shadow of being filled with the Holy Spirit because the water is the salvation, right? He says, fill it up to the brim, In the basin, in the six basins made of clay, which is the number of man for the purification of the Jews, in those basins, it was still water. It did not turn into wine, which represents the blood of Jesus until you pulled it out. It never turned into wine in the j- in the jar, that was the miracle. The miracle was, it still looks like water, he said, but draw it out. When you drew it out, it turned into wine in the cup. And that's the same thing with this. Your miracle doesn't start happening until you start drawing it out of you. If you just keep it to yourself and sit in the corner and speak in tongues and have your own little devotion and never do anything with it, before you know it, you're gonna, you're gonna run out of oil and you're gonna think you're more spiritual than you actually are. And and you're just you're just existing on on spiritual junk food. That's why some people don't need anything but a devotion every now and then and it seems you know 20 minutes of 18 minutes of sermon, 12 minutes of songs, that's what some churches allow and they seem to be just fine off of that because they're 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 getting hyped on a little bit of spiritual candy, but the truth is unless you allow the holy spirit to flow through you, you're not drawing the oil up out of you to be used of God the way he wants you to be used. So this menorah is us and the oil in us has to stay full. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.